Hey, did you know that the podcast you're listening to right now is actually part of a network of podcasts dubbed the Amazing Friends Podcast Network, Ethan Parker Smith? I did, Griffin Sheridan. And did you know that for other great podcasts, comics, and more, you can visit SheridanandSmith.com? Huh. No shit. Stag. Man and his amazing friends. Here's Kenny. Oh. All right. Is this the episode? Is it started? Is this it? This is it. This is the one. I um, think this is it. All right. This is. Listen, I. If you want to just give me the intro, here's Kenny. I'm good. That's better than some intros I've gotten. So. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Here's Kenny. Hey yo. That was the first one. Was better. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Take three. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Kenny Porter. Whoa! Very classy. How was that? that Very was classy, great. right? I'll yeah. put some piano behind that. It'll be really nice. Yeah, yeah. Kenny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I should be wearing a blazer and coming out. Yeah, just like waving to the audience, taking a seat on the couch, yeah. unbuttoning one button, picking up that. Oh my god! That I... Probably just has water in it. I can. Right now, Griffin the is the Conan. Griffin's the Conan at yeah. the desk, and I'm the Andy Richter sitting at the end of the couch. <laughs> hey, I like that I get to be the Conan. He's good. He's one of the good late great. night hosts. I love Conan. <laughs> we both got stupid ass looking hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kenny Porter, hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Griffin, Ethan, how are you guys? Woo! Woo! Whoa! Could could be better. <laughs> Listen, it's a, it's a tumultuous was, time. We would be better if this was the first take of this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, goodness, true. guys. You know, you heard me teasing an episode with Kenny Porter a few weeks ago and sat down to edit it. Boy, did I find out that that episode's audio was dog shit. Uh, for some reason, like halfway through the episode, Ethan's audio like pitched down several mm-hmm. levels. In the audio, in the Skype call, everything. It was fucked. And then Kenny's audio just wasn't syncing up because the Skype call, the internet's just too damn bad and nobody's on the same page when you try and line it all up and post. So We thought it, we thought it in the moment that I was just going through that second puberty you do in your mid-20s. But yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was more of a technical issue. I was yeah, excited. You'll get there. You'll get everybody there knows about Thank you. I'll fill puberty. out eventually, yeah. so what is this well this is our this is our sort of take two uh part of a little mini-sode is it a double feature is it its own thing we don't know yet we're preparing for both we've prepared yes (laughs) okay fuck it we'll do it live let's just hop on a live stream right now instead oh my god Uh, so what we're going to do in this episode, guys, we're going to talk to Kenny about two fantastic projects that he had uh, this past month in October here, uh, and it's going to be fantastic because Kenny made some fucking money moves this month and Uh-oh. put out some goddamn good books uh, over at DC Comics. Kenny, the first one that I want to talk to you about is DC's The Doomed and The Damned, the horror-themed oh, yeah. anthology that DC put out. Uh, this year, as they do um, every once in a while, they put out these anthologies, and you've written a number of stories for them. 
Uh, in this one, you're teaming up once again with Riley Rosmo for oh, a, yeah. another Green Lantern tale. So, Riley Rosmo, fucking check. Kenny Porter, check. Green Lantern, check, check. And check, you know it's going to be good shit. Kenny, yep. tell me about this project and uh, how it was working with Riley once again. Most importantly, oh. is it true that DC stands for damn Kenny good comic? <laughs> damn, Kenny that is exactly. They when they uh, when they set it up way back when when they changed from National Comics to DC, they were like, "Now hear my pitch. One day there will be a guy who will fit this bill, <laughs> and we'll just so keep good. it a secret until then." And we just wait it out. And like law of averages, some guy named Kenny will have to write comics eventually. And we'll get it. And yeah. it will seem like we planned it the whole time. And it'll hit. Fuck yeah. It'll hit like a well-planned TV season. Uh, Ooh, yeah. Okay. So then I fulfilled it. So there we are. No, that's not true. Beautiful. None of that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we can retcon it to be true later. Yeah. So we, if we need to. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. Working <laughs> on the story was freaking awesome. So like you said, it was the Doomed and the Damned, which was a really cool setup where they wanted mm -hmm. to team up classic superhero characters with horror characters. So not only mm -hmm. did I get to do Green Lantern again, and this time I got to do Hal Jordan uh, when I got to do mm -hmm. Guy Gardner last time, I got to pair him up with Etrigan the Demon, who's one of my Ooh. absolute favorite characters in Kirby creations. Mm -hmm. Like, I love all the Jack Kirby stuff he created when he came over to DC, like Etrigan the Demon, Commandy all the new God mm -hmm. stuff. Like I absolutely love it. So to be able to pair those two up and to be able to do all the crazy rhyming that Etrigan does, yeah, it's like it's if you do part. Etrigan, yeah, I know if you do Etrigan, you got to do the rhymes. So the fact that I was able to absolutely. do that and then play off the fact that, you know, Hal Jordan, a lot of his, uh, you know, a lot of being Green Lantern is like being dedicated to that oath. Well, at the same time, like Etrigan has an oath when he transformed. Mm -hmm. So being able to play both of those together was super fun. Um, That's such a good moment. I know. Right. And I, uh, and I was so excited to be able to work with Riley again and Ivan mm -hmm. and Tom and like my editor, Andrew, like it was so much fun to be able to put this together. And I kind of took inspiration from one of my HP, Love, one of my favorite HP Lovecrafts, not one of my HP Lovecrafts as if I have many, <laughs> uh, one of my favorite HP, <laughs> HP Lovecraft is sounds like a laptop. Yeah. I wrote it on my HP <laughs> Lovecraft, which is a small so book covered in tentacles and slime. Um, why don't they do it? I feel like it would sell. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, dude, I, HP, call me. Like, we'll design it up. I'll come up with some concept art and everything. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. But it's based on one of my favorite HP Lovecraft stories called The Shadow Over Endsmith. So in this case, it's The Shadow Over Coast City. And the basic premise mm -hmm. is an alien escapes from the Owen science cells, which is where all the Green Lanterns keep their baddies. And he's both a space alien, but also demonic. So it's a classic like 80s buddy cop, like it's my jurisdiction, it's my jurisdiction. And you get to see yeah. how Jordan Etrigan butt heads over who's going to take out this giant frog spewing demon. Fuck yeah. Did, yeah. did you, uh, for the rhyming, were you boning up on poetry? Any Chaucer, any Seuss? <laughs> I did, <laughs> yes. I went to the two top poets <laughs> of our, mm -hmm. of, our mm -hmm. of human civilization, Chaucer and Seuss. Um, <laughs> definitely probably channeled a little bit more Seuss, but I think I've, I've explained this on the last time, it's like when one. I was doing it to make sure I was hitting the right syllables, I was counting it out on my fingers 
while I was sitting on the floor and uh, and rhyming and saying it under my breath over and over, and my <laughs> wife could hear me doing it. And she came down. And she's like, "What the hell are you?" Are you having a nervous breakdown? Just sees me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm just saying demonic speak and counting on my fingers while I'm talking. It's so all over good. the walls. Yeah, I started to explain it to her, and she became immediately uninterested. So I was like, no, it's this demon, and he's yellow. Uh, and, he, uh, and she was just like, okay, I get it, comic book stuff. Um, but uh, <laughs> she, yeah, so I, I didn't get committed to the asylum and instead got to finish the story. And I had a really great time doing it, and I always am excited when DC asked me to do Lantern work because, like, Green Lantern, all the characters in the Lantern Corps, some of my favorites in all comics or science fiction, so be able to jump in there mm-hmm. and to be able to add a little bit of a horror tinge, it was just like a dream come Fuck true. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Riley's uh, pencils, his layouts are incredible. Uh, and then also he so does a lot of fun stuff with the uh, the constructs, of course. He's so fucking good at that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he comes up with some really, really great stuff in this one. Um, and I know, Kenny, do you, have a fa- do you have a favorite? What's your favorite Riley Rossmo Green Lantern construct he's given you? From From this one? Um, we can say both of them because, you know, they're both shorts. So okay. whichever one's your favorite. I think. Ooh. So I do. I'm pretty partial to the. Um, he did in the first one, in the Guy Gardner one, he did a really great triptych panel that we laid out where we did a mm. bunch of different uh, homages to horror movies with like a chainsaw, like an evil dead. We used a smart gun <laughs> from Aliens. Uh, <laughs> so good. You know, not the actual one, you know, distinct yeah. from, yeah. but similar to. Um, and then mm-hmm. in this one, I think it's it's a toss up in this one between there's a great one where he hits a bunch of these frog creatures with a giant frying pan while he's not even looking, mm-hmm. like does it out of instinct. And there's also a great <laughs> one where he hits a bunch with a shark, uh, which I, I just like absolutely that. I like that. Yeah. And those were like, I remember... A lot of times when we do this, um, we just kind of make a list of what we want because he and I usually when we work together, we do it Marvel style, which means that we just lay out the plot and what happens on each page and he figures out the paneling and we do the dialogue afterwards. Um, A lot of times I'll just list a bunch of like of things that I think character wise that Lantern would use um, and he and I usually will come up with the list together and then he'll throw them in wherever he thinks it fits best in the layout. So there's a great like yeah. volley of, you know, Robotech style missiles in this one too. And uh, I think there's a couple like cool little spaceships he creates to knock a couple over like little model planes almost. Yeah. It's so much fun. Like if you, if you're willing to put in the time, like you can do such crazy, awesome things with the green lantern constructs. Oh Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that and that I think is the those are always telltale signs of those great lantern stories. Is because uh, it's such an easy thing I think to overlook. You know, you have them make a bat or a sword, whatever the fuck to yeah. hit things with, or a laser, um, or a laser. Yeah. You know? <laughs> or we could make two jets save him from falling into the sun or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> he could make a Hot Wheels jets. track. Come on, <laughs> I think. One of my favorite ones that was like so characteristic was uh, there was a mini series. I, I might have said this on the podcast already, but there was a mini series during the heyday, like during the like Jeff Johns, Pete Tomasi era of like Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps. They did a yeah. small side book called Emerald Warriors that was just about Guy Gardner. And it opened with mm-hmm. Guy Gardner pulling a spaceship over 
and he was doing it by riding on a motorcycle through space and yelling through a giant bullhorn at them. Yeah, and when so they didn't, yeah, when they didn't pull over, he made a giant crowbar and pried the, um, like, just reached over and pried the cockpit open and lifted them out. Like, that's, that's such fun. a, like, a baller guy gardener move. I'm just like, get it. out or else shit. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, the construct stuff is just super fun to do. So anytime we get to play around with that and, you know, throw them in a unique situation where we get to throw some crazy crap, like hitting everybody with a shark. <laughs> Not biting totally. them, just like hitting them with a shark. <laughs> it's it's an awesome thing. Why wouldn't you if you had a Green Lantern ring? Yeah, I know, That's exactly. the first thing I'd do is hit Ethan go-to. with a shark. You'd yeah. hit me with a shark. Haha, <laughs> 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 stupid idiot, move back to the continental United States. Uh, Kenny, it's a fantastic work and a fantastic collection featuring uh, another piece actually by another amazing friend, Saladin Ahmed. He's got a Batman oh, yeah. story in there. Check okay, it out. That story's awesome. Um, but we still got, I'm sure we still got copies of DC's Doomed and the Damned in your local comic shops. Spooky season may be over in the sort of calendar sense but it's always spooky season god spooky damn it boys year round hell yeah we're always reading horror we're always watching horror and uh i think now is just as good a time as any to go and pick up a dc's doomed and the damned featuring that green lantern story with riley rossmo pencils kenny porter l- words good shit get some horror <laughs> in your life that's not just the election am i right dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh my god hey do you live in the grand rapids michigan area Maybe perhaps the Vault of Midnight may still have some signed copies. I got a signed copy, and it was the coolest goddamn thing in the world. Here's a yes. bit from the episode I'm glad I'm remembering right now um, <laughs> that I want to make sure makes it over to this one, and it is that okay. uh, first time we record this, I said it was incredible to see Kenny's autograph on the book because if Ryan and Donnie are comics dads, you know, comics dad and comics papa, you get to pick which one is which. <laughs> comics dad and comics papa, Ryan and Donnie, but Kenny is fucking cool comics uncle. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah. I, we've gotten an infinite amount of knowledge um, from Kenny and we cannot thank him enough for his support and his help uh, in uh, working with us and help us hone our skills as comic Absolutely. book writers. So to see his signature on a book was such a gratifying experience just for me because I know you deserve it so goddamn much, Kenny. You're so damn, good. Thanks, man. That means so much. Of Even course, hearing sir. it a second time. Hey, all right. <laughs> I mean, I'm just glad. as much the I'm first glad. time, but no, really, like seriously, that means a lot, and I'm always happy to help you out, like whenever you need it, obviously. But like to hear somebody be jazzed about having my signature on something that isn't a check for money that I owe them is very, very nice. <laughs> to hear. Of course, man. Um, so what else was exciting is you know we've had you on the show a couple of times because you're breaking in uh, as we speak. And we were like, all right, well, Kenny, you've had a number of these anthology stories that have been great. You know, what is the sort of next chain of events? What's the next step for you at DC? And uh, you said, probably a one shot. And uh, well, what do you know? The DC digital first line that started um, this year sometime over the summer, um, they've got their own Superman book. It's called Superman Man of Tomorrow. And guess who wrote issue number 16 of this single issue one shot it's mr kenny porter with pencils by scott collins kenny your first one shot over here at dc your first big superman story over here at dc i know you love superman talk to me about what it was like to uh finally get your hands on a project like this uh well 
when they asked me to do it, I was so jazzed because not only was it a one shot and a longer story within the DC universe, mm-hmm. it's out of continuity, which means that I could yeah, do mm-hmm. whatever I wanted. So I got to just send a bunch of ideas of like, if I could only tell one Superman story, what kind of Superman story would I want to tell? And to mm-hmm. me, the best, one of the best parts of Superman is the fact that like, no matter what, he will give it his all for everyone else every single time. And will try to fight for everyone to make sure they're okay. And that even if things are hopeless, he will stand up against them. So when I came Mm -hmm. out of that story, I was like, okay, well the, like the obvious person who's the antithesis of that for him is dark side. Like dark side is the antithesis of hope of free will of there ever being any chance to beat him or stop him. So when I got that chance to do this one shot true power where, you know, Darkseid basically shows up to try to finally siphon all the hope out of Superman. And it's a mm-hmm. knockdown drag out fight with, you know, Superman, instead of worrying about winning the fight, is worrying about trying to protect everyone on the street like that to me is what a Superman story should be of like, yes, he's one of the toughest guys in fiction. But the real mm-hmm. the real struggle for him is like he doesn't want to fight if he can if he can, you know, if he can get around yeah. it and especially put anyone yeah. else in danger. Like he will yeah. take the hits in order to protect other people. So that's what I really wanted to show and like explore mm-hmm. was that like it is, you know, a lot of people, you know, might say like, oh, Superman's too powerful or he's too goody goody. Like there is nothing wrong with being the good guy and trying to protect other people. Like that's something, you know, like in this world, it should never be looked on as a weakness to do something. No, absolutely. I feel like there's such a large section of comics fans that like are always having to defend Superman. Um, Donnie and I spent a long time doing it on the recent episode of advocates book club. And I feel like whenever you and I get together, Kenny, we're always just gushing about Superman. And then we're like, why doesn't everybody think Superman is cool? Uh, it's a bummer. And this issue is such a good representation of your viewpoint on Superman and such a good representation of him just being the best fucking dude. And that's why he's rad. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's, it's, it's great, man. I I like, I was like, Kenny, Kenny gets Superman. Oh, yeah, and uh, a point I made the first time we were recording this was I think part of the crucial, like, Superman, classic sort of Superman, you know, true and blue, original recipe Superman, uh, if that's what we're trying to pin down, I think, is that that level of earnestness that he has. And, uh, Kenny, you nail that earnestness in your writing of Clark Kent, of Kal-El, mm-hmm. uh, because you, I think, you... Ex- uh, you exemplify that very same earnestness i think in your life and the way you talk to people and the way you treat people it just feels like superman yeah you're and so you've gone awesome. ahead <laughs> you've gone ahead and you've just you've just written superman so perfectly because you uh i think have his values so close to your exactly. heart which makes you i think a perfect fucking choice for a superman book a dc are you listening to me let's go get it going please well, dude, guys, think that's probably like one of the best compliments I've ever gotten, and I really absolutely, appreciate it. man. And I'm just glad, course, like, that people have enjoyed it. Like, I've gotten people have messaged me about how much they've liked it and everything. And 
You know, whenever I finish something, you're so close to it, you don't know if it's good or not. I just always think of uh, the end of Wayne's World during the credits when Wayne starts explaining about how he hopes people were enriched by the theme and that they thought that the characters were well-developed. And then Garth says to the camera, I just hope you didn't think it sucked. And that's what (laughs) I usually Amen. To hear that people got that and enjoyed my take is so good. And I would... You know, I'm sure there are people who are listening to this who aren't big Superman fans or anything, but I would challenge you to just go to your local library or something. So don't even like I'm not even asking you to spend money, but like go to your local library and read All Star Superman or Superman Up in the Sky Mm. or um, Superman for All Seasons and like just like give the character a try because I think that there's a lot there that a lot of us can learn from right now about just being somebody who cares about people and how important it is right now to be there for other people or to help others or, you know, and you may not like somebody, but just showing someone empathy. Like, I think that's one of Superman's greatest, like greatest strengths is that, um, you know, similar to Batman, like he would, if one of his villains was in trouble, he would stop and help him. Like he would Absolutely. definitely put his life on the line to save Lex or Parasite or any of these other characters to make sure, you know, as long as that wouldn't, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's just the ultimate good dude is all I can say. Absolutely. I was getting choked up. The there boy scout. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, you really, man. you really bring it home scout. in the end with that. You bring it in home at the end with that last panel of Superman just fucking collapsed on the bed with his costume strewn everywhere and Lois is tapping next to him. I fucking love that so much. And it, it's and that's that's so the much. shit I like to see. Yeah, it's just Superman. He's out there just being the best all day, and then he gets home and he's he's just this beat farm boy, and he lays down next to Lois, and she's just gonna write all night next to him. Like it's oh, just so cool. Yeah. Like it's it's beautiful uh, the fucking last best. panel. Absolutely. I'm glad you like that because that was like that was totally my intention with it. Was like I made sure in the captions that he always called his mom and dad ma and pa and even no matter like how he talked and at the yes. end it was like that like completely exhausted on the farm sort of thing and that i wanted exactly, that last yeah. shot to be of the superman emblem on the outfit all torn up because yes. like mm-hmm. at the end of the day like yes the big bright shining perfect version of superman is superman but the superman that i think of is the superman that goes home having given it his all and taken any hit that he needed to in order mm-hmm. to make sure that everyone else was safe and that that's when yes. he could finally fall down. Like doesn't matter how many times he's hit. doesn't matter how many times he's burned, smashed, kicked across the solar system. Like if everyone else is safe, then he did his job. And if he brought hope to people, that's all he needs. Absolutely. Man. Amen. Amen. I remember us well, the, the, uh, the sorry, I remember us pointing out in the original episode. I just wanted to make sure we don't forget that early on in the in the story there's a kid playing with a Green Lantern action figure cuz it's Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There was um so Andrew who's my editor, he worked on the Green Lantern books for a while too, so he and I are both like big Lantern dudes. And so I figured I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. this is my chance like sneak someone else in." And this time it was um it was John Stewart because yeah. I love Jon Stewart. Like I've loved mm-hmm. that character forever, and I hope I get to like write an actual Jon Stewart story sometime soon. Um, be because I think that too. character is awesome. Uh, I really mm-hmm. hope that you know I did like the dude deserves his own book just because he's 
everyone else in the I'm about to go on a diatribe. I'm sorry, but like everyone else in like the main core of Lanterns can sustain their own book. But I feel like John would even be a better would be a perfect book to do because he's got way more of a unique take. He's way more calculated. He's way more thoughtful. Like it, it would almost mm-hmm. be like kind of playing with that, like Mr. Terrific sort of thing. Like they, yeah. they've been doing great things yeah. with him of like someone who's very thoughtful in every single thing that he makes with his ring. Cause his constructs are always so detailed and thought like out because he was stuff. an architect. Yeah. So yeah. Good. Like, so it would just be really God cool to go in that direction. You just have to have, like, you just have to hope you don't break an artist's hand, like, being like, <laughs> it's got to be crazy totally. detailed and everything. Yeah, but, yeah. You need yeah. a lot of lines in there. You need some, like, I don't know, maybe some yeah. Daniel Warren Johnson art on that, maybe. Oh. Kind of fucking good. Uh, yeah, D-dubs would do a great one on that. But, yeah, I, yeah, I just, I absolutely love John Stewart. So any chance to sneak him in to something could just be like, Okay, he can't actually be in the story, but at least like somebody had his action figure. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> sneak him in a little bit. Well, that's why I think the DC Digital First platform is so exciting, honestly, because it's bringing creators like Kenny uh, out into the spotlight for just a hot second to see how people react. Of course, uh, and I think the great news is I think people are going to love this if they if you you already said you're getting a whole bunch of support because it's been out for a little a little while now. Um, but I'm so glad that this platform gave you the opportunity to be able to write that story and kind of get it out there. So then people can see it and go, all right, this guy, this guy can write, this guy can do it. We got to get him on more stuff. So it's super exciting. And it's only 99 cents on your comics apps. People, Come on. How can you, how can you ignore a deal like that? So pop onto your comiXology, your DC app or whatever you're using and, uh, hit up Superman, a man of tomorrow, number 16 by Mr. Kenny Porter. Uh, because you're gonna love it, and it's gonna be the start, I think, to a whole bunch of more, uh, a whole bunch more super awesome Kenny content with a K. Kenny content. content K. <laughs> Let's go, uh, Kenny. That's where I think we're gonna wrap it up for this little mini sode here. Fantastic having you as always. We hope to have you back for an extended episode, of course, a, a full time, a feature length Kenny event. Uh, sometime in the near future, because you know we love talking to you, brother. Anything you want to say to the folks before we let you go? Yeah, just uh, thanks for giving me the chance to talk about a couple of things I had come out recently. If you get a chance to check them out, I hope that you like them. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, put a lot of hard work into them, worked with a lot of awesome creators. So, you know, even if you don't pick up my stuff, go pick up something at your local comic shop, go support them, go buy some fun books. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only other things I'll plug right now are I just found out because Amazon sent me a recommendation for it for my own book. Mm-hmm. But um, my Scholastic <laughs> nice. book is now available for pre-order on Amazon. Ah, so that's uh, so Fearless that's by me and Zach Wilcox, which will be out next May, I think on May 4th. Uh, mm-hmm. That's available nice. for pre-order now, I think in both soft cover and hardcover. Uh, so I'm really excited nice. about that cover. Yeah, yeah, I know. Right. Um, so yeah, so real nice. excited about that. And yeah, uh, just, you know, read more comics, read more comics. Amen, sir. Uh, and now maybe there will be an outro Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> it's a me of stupid Griffin here. Being Whoa, a dumb it's ass stupid. Idiot. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. 
Hey, shut the fuck up, stupid hey. Griffin. <laughs> it's me, stupid Ethan. Oh, no. <laughs>